Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the Verbal Reasoning Podcast. As you know, we have long forgotten what episode we're actually on. I just think it's season four, and I'm joined here with my co-host, Steve. Uh, And today we have some major breaking news. Uh, Elon Musk appears to have brought Twitter. So, Steve, uh, what's your first thought when you hear that? So you're telling me Iron Man himself is now taking over the world. That's crazy. It's it's starting, guys. It's starting. First, it it was with space. Now it's with our minds. You know, with the social space. It's quite interesting. Like he invests in a lot of different areas. And I, I, at the beginning of his career, I thought he'd only stay in tech. I guess Twitter is a tech sphere, but it's more, whatever you want to call it, psychological or social. I didn't I didn't see that projection in terms of Elon Musk's big investments. But I don't know. What do you think, Evan? So, given the news that Elon Musk has bought twitter you're seeing a very wide range of emotions going from absolutely elated and throwing their hands up in the air with joy and on the other side you're seeing people saying that they're going to quit twitter and democracy is dead and so on and so forth first of all i I think it's a bit exaggerated the reactions but i can understand kind of where they're coming from in in relation to the importance of twitter in today's society that being said i'm quite indifferent i don't think that it's going to get any better or any worse when Elon is in charge of Twitter, because realistically, we currently have people who are in charge of Twitter and everyone has their agendas and everyone has things that they they want to do with these platforms. So I don't think it's going to be any different with Elon in charge. But there's an argument to say that Twitter at the moment is not owned by a major majority shareholder. Mm -hmm. And so there's, okay, there's people of interest, but there can be conflict and interests and whatsoever. But now for sure, if Elon Musk buys it, it, there's only one kind of independent thought that will govern Twitter and its policies. So the thing is, they've they've announced that Twitter is expected to accept offer of about 46 billion for Twitter. But does that mean that he's buying everything? I'm not too sure because at the moment, that's all we've read as of recording this podcast. So we don't know what exactly is that. Is he buying maybe 51% of the shares or, you know, what exactly is happening with it? I'm not too sure. That being said, of course, it can be problematic if one guy has all of the power. But I have a theory on why Elon Musk has decided to buy Twitter. And I know a lot of people are, you know, the pro Elon people are looking at this in a way where they're basically saying, oh, Elon loves freedom of speech. And therefore, he's going he's doing this for the love of freedom of speech. Now, I don't I'm not going to sit here and say he doesn't like freedom of speech, but what I am going to say is that he's not going to spend 46 billion on just semantics. There's a very clear reason as to why he's buying Twitter. And I have two theories on this. And I think the one that has more credence to it is the theory that kind of, if you look at this, like how Jeff Bezos bought the Washington Post, it's not really about the app itself. It's not about, you know, I want to buy the infrastructure. It's about the users and the influence that Twitter has on said users. So I feel that he's buying Twitter because Twitter kind of acts like a modern day newspaper, just in the digital format. And much like most other media that you consume, it has an influence on the general population. We've seen it sway elections. And in the same way that after Jeff Bezos bought the Washington Post, you suddenly started seeing pro-billionaire news articles and anti, anti-tax news articles and anti-union news articles, I feel that it will, it will kind of be the same thing with Elon and uh, and Twitter, where you'll start to see pro-Elon tweets and tweeters being pushed to the forefront. 
And it's that influence that he's buying and it's the data from the users that he's buying. That's my opinion personally. And I, I just think it's not really about freedom of speech. That's the palatable way to give it to the audience. But realistically, it's more about the influence that he's going to buy. Mm, that's an interesting one. I think I think you're right. Uh, I, I think the, the thing he's buying is not the immediate thing. It's more the side product. For me, I think it's what, what he's buying is data. Because Twitter is essentially a direct tap into people's minds. You know, people use it every day and they use it nonchalantly as well, as if like, you know, what, what they think and they just post. And if you can imagine the amount of like millions of users that Twitter has and the billions, probably billions of users and billions of postings, you know, the amount of data you have on people is is quite insane. And he, I mean, he's known to use, uh, I, I believe like his Tesla cars, uh, also map out streets and he's been using that as a kind of data gathering of you know how people drive and i wouldn't be surprised if it's also the same with twitter because it's just a it's a direct plug into people's minds you know you could probably predict people's behaviors just off their twitter account which is insane so you know data is a big topic nowadays and it's a big money maker and it'll mm-hmm. probably help him make decisions on his future business investments and i you know i didn't think of the press side of it but you're right twitter is a modern day press and, you know, if you can control narrative or at least have an influence in narrative, you know, that, that means you have, inf- you have power, really, in society. So it's going to be interesting how he uses it. And I do think, though, you, you know how people say, oh, he's going to help freedom of speech. I do think he's going to make Twitter more, uh, what's the word? Wilder things are going to be said on Twitter from now on. <laughs> Let me put it that this way. Like, people won't get banned as much. Not, not because he's altruistic, but he wants to grow the platform. And I think that's a good way to grow the platform, be it negative or positive, however you want to interpret that. I think it will, on the surface, look more free. But actually, in reality, that's not the reason why he's doing it, if that makes sense. Yeah, I feel like he will, he will give people what they want, which is the freedom to say whatever they want. But as you said, it's not really for the altruistic reasons. And I think we mentioned this on last week's episode as well. There's people who have these accounts that are, you know, maybe private or maybe they're burner accounts. But nonetheless, they are accounts which you can gather data from. And people often go onto those accounts and they tweet the craziest stuff that just comes to their mind. But all of that is a data gathering exercise. You're, you're letting him know what you think and feel. And he is able to quantify it in a way that you couldn't maybe do previously. So if you owned a newspaper, you could put out what you wanted in print. And you could maybe try to figure out what the general public's consensus on any topic was, but you wouldn't have the general public actually log into a portal and tell you exactly what they think about anything. And it becomes much easier to manipulate the public opinion uh, when, when you have a tool like Twitter. And, you know, as I mentioned, it's not hard to set up an app. It's not something that Elon Musk couldn't have done. He can, he can easily set up an app kind of like Twitter that has all of the same features, but it's, it's not about that. It's about collecting, as you said, the billions of data points that will then help kind of guide his future investments. I think it's, it's not necessarily a good or a bad thing, personally. I think you know, people want freedom of speech, fine, have freedom of speech. But it does mean that Twitter now Elon has a, a, a foothold into the power of media. Mm. I mean, yeah, uh, maybe just a little tidbit. I've, I've worked on AI topics and especially on AI uh, using words to kind of distinguish what this sentence is talking about and you can do some really clever stuff uh, there's something called nlp 
uh, algorithms, which basically look at word patterns and not just word patterns, but letters. And you can predict <clears throat> what the person is trying to look for and, um, you know, what, what they're trying to say just off patterns and not the words themselves. So it, it can be quite powerful. And I'm sure they have even better algorithms than what I know, which is publicly available. But yeah, is Elon a good guy, Aaron? Do you think this man is necessarily evil? Or what, what do you think of Elon, full stop? So I think it's a weird way. You can look at it in two ways. First of all, Elon has people who support and love him to a point of almost obsession, which I, I don't understand. He's, he's almost deified, almost like a prophet for, for giga chats, basically. But, you know, no human being is perfect. And when you look at Elon as this perfect individual who only cares about freedom of speech and, you know, the little man, and he only cares about the Sigma males of the world. It's just not, it's just not true. Do you understand? Like he, he's not perfect. So the people who love him, love him to the point where they've made him almost seem as if he has no flaws. But at the end of the day, he is a human being and human beings are susceptible to greed, to corruption, to, you know, narcissism, to anything. So you can't look at Elon Musk as a perfect human being. And, you know, on the flip side of the coin, there's some people who view him as just pure, unadulterated evil. I don't know if if that's also true either, to be honest. Even that, I mean, I don't think anyone is just evil for the sake of being evil. That sounds kind of cartoonish to say someone's just evil or a horrible person. Now, are there things about Elon Musk that are definitely very fugazi? Of course, you know, some of his business practices have come into light in previous years, or in, in incredibly or especially uh, with regards to his union stuff going on in his workplace and how he treats employees and so on and so forth. I think like we've got to stop talking about people in black and white. I don't think it's that simple. Overall, do I, do I like Elon Musk? No, I don't. I don't particularly like Elon Musk, but I do think that there is a bit of sensationalism when people describe him for better or worse. Mm. Yeah, I, th- I agree with you. I think he's, I don't think he's probably, yeah, he's neither good nor evil. Probably more to the good, actually, if I if I had to assess it and see the guy. I mean, he's not doing, you know, atrocious stuff like real evil people do. So, you know, I give him benefit of the doubt. But yeah, it's, it's weird how you always get like a kind of split in society when it comes to big figures. And they like to, you know, either condemn or really support, you know, superheroes, as you say, or villains, however you want to see him. I give him one thing, though. He did change the technological game in the sense of there was a kind of especially with with space, there was a stalemate where NASA wasn't really doing much. You, you know, no one was really doing much. And he took a quite brave step because he was one of the first ones, to, well, apart from Richard Branson, but, you know, the early step of privatization in space. Now, again, you could say it's a good or bad thing, but one thing you can't deny is that it's moved moved us forward quite a bit in terms of space exploration or the use of technology and development of technology in space, which is a big risk on his side because he didn't know whether it will, you know, do well or not. And that I give him credit for. And he's always been into technology. You know, he could be one of those uh, billionaires that just invest in, uh, you know, money-making schemes, more banking schemes, and, you know, just sit on his money. But he does, what what I think about Elon is he has a drive inside him. I don't know what it's about, but it's beyond money if that makes sense. Like it's beyond just the number, you know, he's, he, he does invest in very shaky technology in terms of like, you don't know whether it's going to go well or not. And he pulls it off credit to him. There's a drive behind him that is more than just the money side. 
And I, I do think that he wants to become, I don't know, like a great, if that makes sense. You, you know, someone like uh, Nicholas Tesla. I mean, yeah, hint, hint. His car, yeah. <laughs> his car company is called Tesla. But, you know, Tesla was a big figure in, in, the, in world technology. And I think he wants to be that person for years mm. to come. Yeah, I think he, he definitely is trying to emulate that sort of vibe. And I think the thing about Elon Musk is he really cares about what other people think about him. And he has this, like, as I said, this following that kind of almost prophesizes him. And he likes that. You can tell, you can tell he likes that and he plays up to it. So, uh, yeah, definitely, I think public opinion is very important for him. And so it does kind of make sense that, you know, in the next development of his career, he wants to take over basically Twitter and kind of control the public perception of him. Now, mm. since he's brought or since the story has broke that he's brought Twitter as of recording this podcast, uh, he's, he's only had three tweets on his Twitter. So the first one was, and be my love in the rain which I, I don't know if that's a song lyric. I'm not too sure. So maybe one of our listeners can let us know what that's about. Then he's retweeted uh, a tweet by the Boring Company, which said that the Hyperloop testing at full scale begins later this year. So again, it's not really necessarily alluded to him buying Twitter, but then he's tweeted about an hour ago. I hope that even my worst critics remain on Twitter because that is what free speech means. So kind of set the set the tone here that he has brought Twitter and that he is going to let everyone on, even if they're his worst critics, and he's not going to block anyone. Now, that leads to the next question, which is, for example, is somebody like Katie Hopkins and Donald Trump, etc., people like that, that have been banned previously by Twitter, are they going to be allowed back on? Is he going to unban them? Mm. Uh, and on top of that, Somebody actually tweeted a picture of Elon Musk with Ghislaine Maxwell and said, oh, this is the last time you're going to be able to tweet this picture. I think that that's very melodramatic. And I don't think that he's going to just go around and start blocking accounts that post pictures of him and Ghislaine Maxwell, which is publicly available anyway. Mm. But do you think that there is some truth to that? As in, will he start to actually block or, you know, start to suspend accounts that are anti-Elon or will he stick to this tweet? I mean, he doesn't have a history of doing that anyway. So I, I don't know. I think people are trying to paint him as Lex Luthor. And we know that's Jeff Bezos. I'm joking. But yeah. No, 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 like, no. Say it with your chest. Say it with your chest. <laughs> but yeah, he doesn't have a history of doing stuff like that. So I, I don't think, like, why would he do it? I mean, he's, he's also went on to the Joe Rogan podcast, you know, kind of not made a fool of himself, but, you know, it caused him significant uh, financial disruption. No, he, di- he didn't tell Joe Rogan, you know, don't post this episode or he didn't bring it down either. Uh, I, I, I don't take him as the guy to censor. Do I think he'll return the people that are banned? I think he will. I think he will reinstate big figures that are banned. And my opinion on that, I think that's a good thing. And the reason why I think that's a good thing is because when you push ideas, ex- especially extreme ideas, this is my opinion, when you push extreme ideas out of the fold of regular society, this is when they grow their own societies. And this is when they, you know, it really snowballs and goes really extreme. You know, we, we saw it with, uh, in Nazi Germany. It's, there's many, many examples where you exclude a group. And so they form their own group and they become worse than what you thought they could become in your society. So bring him in, but let him be accountable, you know, especially if he balances Twitter's algorithm, you know. Let it be fair. Let him say his wild stuff or whoever, but let it be an equal engagement on all sides. Um, this is my opinion, but I don't know. What do you think, Aaron? Do you think that he should be bringing back these 
you know, people that are banned? I mean, even at the time, I, I kind of argued that while Donald Trump being banned by Twitter wasn't necessarily something that Twitter couldn't do, I didn't necessarily agree with them banning him either. Like, yes, it's their platform. They can ban whoever they wish to ban. But, you know, at the same time, the guy was president of the United States and you're banning him off your platform, which is highly um, influential towards the public, which was now that I think back to it, it's kind of insane that that even happened. So somebody like a Donald Trump, of course, I think he should be back for the exact same reasons that you mentioned, because I just think what do you gain from really what you gain from kicking them off Twitter isn't more than what you would gain from having that discourse out there in the open and allowing people to debate it. Mm. I think, uh, and also to be fair, I just miss my man's man. I, just miss, I miss my little man's man. He was funny. <laughs> Bro, I mean? elite, elite comedy. I elite. mean, he was using, he was using Twitter, Twitter for the reason it, it should have been used, you know, to be petty and, you know, at people and he, he would. So listen, Donald Trump was entertaining while he was on Twitter. And at the end of the day, whether we like him or not, he's an influential person, period, within our society. And so it doesn't make sense to me to to block someone like that. And as you said, uh, that's only going to lead to, you know, what we would, okay, let's say, quote unquote, negative ideas to fester and create their own sort of echo chambers, which will then eventually grow and take over. So yeah, I never really fully agreed with what was happening when he was blocked anyway. But yeah, I think I think I think Elon will bring these people back. Whether or not that's a good thing, time will tell. So Donald Trump, I think, definitely should be brought back just because of how influential he is. But like, for example, the Katie Hopkins or the the Nazis who were, you know, like genuine. I'm not talking about <laughs> I'm not talking about, you know, your lackluster Nazis. I'm talking about genuine Nazis who are on the platform who were maybe deplatformed before. Them coming back on, I don't I don't know about those people. Um, I don't know if that's going to be a good or bad thing. But when you when you tend to block people like that, they seem they seem to think of themselves as martyrs. And that that kind of pushes them even further into the public eye, if anything. So I don't really know, to be honest. OK, let me ask you another question. I mean, it's a bit uh, un, unconnected, but Elon Musk is, you know, he's gaining a lot of power. You know, he's basically embedded in the US military. Let's be honest, he is NASA. NASA just manages the events, but he's the one. Uh, providing the technology um you know he's he's also i don't know if you've heard of starlink um but he's yeah. launching a bunch of um satellites on l- low earth orbit so i'll go into it briefly but at the moment our satellites are in higher orbit but with this new technology where satellites can come down lower now basically everyone will be connected around the world you, you know internet will be even faster um which is obviously good for infrastructure of a country but also militarily, it means you can track everyone, etc. So he's really, really pushing into, you know, that American sphere of politics in terms of military. And uh, now he's got media, you know, some form of a media control. Can you ever see Elon Musk running for president of the United States? And what do you think will happen if he does? I mean, I, I personally think that it's only a matter of time. I think that, you know, this is just the first step. And I think the same thing kind of goes for Jeff Bezos. And in the way that I explained that he bought the Washington Post for its influence, because that is the news. The same way Elon Musk has now bought Twitter, because that is the news. And it's going to you know, shape public discourse, and he now controls it. I think eventually he will run for president, and he does have the popularity to win. I think if Elon Musk was to run for president, he would win, and he would win quite easily. You know, I think he he's very, very popular. You, I don't think people are quite understanding the level of popularity this guy has. You know, there's people who, as I said, prophesize him. 
You know, they genuinely think he's the second coming. Like there's nothing about Elon that they dislike. And when you have someone like that, who now has the influence of Twitter behind him, who has already amassed millions of supporters, not only in the US, but just globally. If he was to run for president, he would win. He'd win very easily. I've got a follow-up question. Do you think being the president of the United States is a bigger status than who he is now? Because right now he's one of the you know richest men in the world. He's pretty much embedded within, like I said, US technology and world technology. Is it a step down? Is it a sidestep or is it a step up to be a US president? So really what you're asking is, is it better to be the wealthiest man alive or the most powerful man alive? And I think for somebody like Elon Musk, being the most powerful man alive trumps being the 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 richest man alive does it so, make him powerful because uh, I, we know we, we we know how the us politics works yeah. we know that there's backers and you know there's people behind the scenes there's uh, lobbyists do you think he will want to be in that realm of you know having to owe people or do you think he's happier to be free i actually think because of the money and influence that he already has much unlike the other presidents that you know came before him, I think he will have more of an actual say on what policies go through, and he will have more control over his own presidencies that maybe previous presidents didn't necessarily have. He he has more money than Donald Trump. He he has more influence than Donald Trump now that he has Twitter. I think Elon would be a very interesting person to see as president because I'd like to see what he can do. And I think, I do think that being the American president, even forget everything else, like forget the macros of managing, you know, the United States, even if it came to like business dealings and how he could kind of maneuver his companies, I think it's just, it's something that would add to his, his power. And bear in mind, you're only president for what, eight years and he's relatively young. If he wanted to run for president, win the presidency, and then be president for two terms and leave, he could set everything up to make himself even more powerful once he leaves the presidency. Let me, let me do up conspiracy. Mm-hmm. Right. Let's say he gets in and he's loved. Right? He's absolutely loved. And he gets to the end of the eight years and then he does a type other one where he's like, you know what? I'm going to change how American politics goes. I want to go for another 10 years. Do you think the American people would want it? This is pure like conspiracy, obviously. So we're going to the fun realm. But do you think he could do something like that? You know, the type of person he is and the love that he gets. I mean, anyone can do that. As I said, no one is perfect and anyone can be corrupted by greed and much so a, a person who's a billionaire. Kind of to be a billionaire, you need to you need to have a bit of greed about you anyway. So absolutely, that could happen. Um, it would just be a matter of how popular he is during his presidency. It's really down to, can he change the constitution? Would he win enough votes to have that kind of power? I, you know what? I genuinely think he would. Give it 10 years of Elon Musk owning Twitter. And if he carries on on the current trajectory that he is, and he ran for president, I genuinely believe, I don't know what the laws exactly are in America, but I genuinely believe he would have enough seats in their Congress, I guess, to actually start changing constitutional law. And if that happens, I mean, we've seen it happen in other countries around the world. Why can't it happen in America? If he then decided I'm going to stay, you know, indefinitely, do a Putin, do a Taip Erdogan, do a, you know, Ahmed Najad, whatever, and I'm going to just stay indefinitely. I mean, I, I, I don't think that that's, if, if we get past the point of him running for presidency, that's not that far off. Mm, mm, yeah, I think, I think he could do it. You're right. And um, obviously the conspiracy thing is a conspiracy, but... I think I was reflecting on what you were saying earlier about, you know, what position is better, but, you know, there's only so much you can do as a business person, you know, really, let's think about it. Like you can only influence government and make money, 
But as, you know, the head of a state, you can do a lot more. You know, you could justifiably just go in for a war, which you can't do with a, with a business. Do you see what I mean? Whether it's good or bad, this is regardless. But you can, there's a lot more access, like a lot more games you can now play once you are the president or the leader of a nation. You know, it's, it's a different game at that point. So would he be interested in that? I think that would be the part that would interest him, you know, to be like, let's say, Caesar. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's different. It, being Caesar is different to being a general per se. And obviously he's not a general. Or he's in his own realm, this technology realm. But does he want to be Caesar? Does he want to push, you know, his domination in terms of, you know, militarily or whatever? Who knows? But yeah, I can see, I think Donald Trump broke the floodgates completely where politics used to be, you know, very formalized. If you weren't from these schools or if you weren't, you know, 10 years, 50 years deep in a party, you had no chance of running. Donald Trump broke it to where now people like Elon can actually go for it now. He can run as an independent person and actually win it, which is really interesting. And I, th- I think you're right. I think in 10 years time, he would consider it. And l- let's see. Let's see whether he'd be a good. The thing is, I wouldn't be against it either. I mean, I, mean? I wouldn't either. I'm going to be so honest with you. I, I, look, at the time when Donald Trump was running, you know, I said, I actually think Donald Trump becoming president is, is, is a good thing to happen to American politics. And, you know, we... we I had a lot of people message me and stuff and be like, are you insane? What are you talking about? And like, you know, the, the thing with, the thing with, I find, especially like American liberals is that they're very, I just can't stand them. They're very childish. They, they're talking, yeah, very one dimensional. They can't seem to see the bigger picture, but ultimately Donald Trump was a spanner in the works. And as you said, he shook things up. And now it's not really, oh, you have to go to these two schools and have connections and nepotism and, you know, be a part of this upper elite to become uh, president. Although Trump, yeah, let's not lie, he, he is part of the elite because he is a billionaire. But it's but different. It's he's different. not a part of that circle. He's an outsider going in and he managed to win. So now, you know, it gives more hope to everyone that they could win it. Now, could a mechanic or could a... Uh, you know, cleaner or somebody like that win the presidency of the United States. Still no, but he's broken the mold in the sense of the upper echelon of, you know, these these political families can't really just say, oh, okay, we're going to make this person president and that person becomes president. You know, we look at we look at American politics before Donald Trump and you had George Bush Sr. And then you had George Bush Jr. You had Bill Clinton. And then if Trump hadn't come around, you would have had Hillary Clinton. It was becoming more and more of a nepotism-based kind of business. But you've got this spanner in the works now. And now we're discussing Elon Musk, who just bought Twitter. Could he become the next president? Could, could Jeffrey Bezos become president? Hmm. I don't think we would have been having these conversations before Donald Trump. We just wouldn't have. I wouldn't ever have thought about it. And it's interesting that the doors is open. You know, when you said Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton, like this is just a dynasty. You know, it's, it's a dynasty all, all dressed up as, you know, um, democracy but let's be honest like you never really had a choice and the choices you do have are like close connections so how much better are you with other countries but anyway that's a side point i think is a good thing i also see this like i don't know if you played like video games in the past where you know it's based in a futuristic setting and countries are no longer countries they're kind of like countries slash companies <laughs> you know like <laughs> the musk <Yeah>. corporation <laughs> with the musk yeah. army <laughs> like I see it's that kind of evolution of the of the global pol- political realm, definitely. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's, 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 it's kind of entertaining in that sense, but um, I think it wouldn't be a bad thing. It wouldn't be a good or, good or bad thing. I think depending on what their driver is, you know, it could be good or bad. So let's see. Again, Elon doesn't necessarily strike me as an evil man. Evil is a key word. I'm not saying he's a like a great man, but he doesn't strike me as an evil person. Yeah, I've always been know. kind of indifferent to Elon Musk. I've I've criticized him heavily in the past and everything. But if you're asking me whether or not I think this guy is, a, you know, as you said, like a jet, uh, a Lex Luthor-esque villain. No, I don't think he is. I just think he, he's a guy who has a lot of money who wants to make more money and make as much money and as much profit as he can. Um, and so I'm I'm relatively indifferent to him buying Twitter. I'm just interested to see what he does with it. So what do you think are some of the things that he might do with Twitter now that he has it? I mean, what, what changes can he really bring? Or will he leave it as it is, but just allow the blocked accounts to come back? Yeah, I, do, I don't know whether we'll see an actual change in Twitter, as in like the user interface will change and it will be distinctly a new era, like uh, the logo changes. I, I'm, I'm not sure. Um, I think he actually he would. Because I, yeah, I do feel like he's the kind of person that once he gets involved, he wants to change the game. Do you see what I mean? And he did that with like the car industry, was trying to do that, uh, the space industry. And now that he's bought into this uh, social media sphere, like maybe he will rebrand Twitter and like change it for the better. Um, uh, I mean, you- here's, a, here's a few things I think he'll, he'll do with Twitter. So we've already seen that you can put an NFT as your profile picture, but why stop there? Do you know what I mean? I think that Elon Musk will kind of introduce cryptocurrency within within Twitter where he'll make certain things uh buyable i guess or you will give you the option to trade certain things such as nfts using cryptocurrency um i think that's definitely going to play a role uh, going forward i think cryptos are somewhat like he's a funny guy he might just decide oh i'm actually going to use dogecoin to do trades of nfts on twitter mm. he, he could he could very well decide to do something like that um i think i think in that sense he's going to change he's going to change the direction of twitter a little bit because i think there has to be some aspect of it where he's trying to also increase the 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 payout for himself as well like yes we've talked about the influence and such but there has to be a point to him buying twitter that is monetary as well and mm. i think i think the crypto stuff is going to come into play i think what's a good show is uh, facebook and mark zuckerberg going into like the meta phase or whatever they want to call it you know, the metaverse, this new augmented reality stuff is still not figured out. We still don't know what it will be in like 15 years, just like Facebook is not the same as when it started. But I think there is this idea of changing social media to be more integrated into your life, whether that be, you know, through augmented reality, whether that be through, again, like you said, uh, cryptocurrencies, which you it's kind of transferable because it's digital and it can exist in both realms and equal standing. I think Elon will also, he probably has his own idea of how social media will evolve. And maybe he's gaining inspiration from Facebook and he can see what they're trying to do in you know the next 10 to 20 years. And he wants a piece of that. I think social media is going to change a lot uh, in the next 10 years. I don't know how. I do think augmented reality will be part of it. And I think it'll be more embedded into our lives. More than we think now. Like, you, you know how now you have Instagram and, you know, Twitter and you're like, when you were a kid, you couldn't, you couldn't really imagine that. You had like a flip phone and you couldn't, mm. even when they started introducing like phones with buttons, you, you couldn't really envisage what life would be in 10 years time where you're basically, you know, really your life is addicted 
in a sense, is in parallel with these social media streams. Like your 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 social media is really you as well. And what's the next stage? And I think they can see where the next stage is, and that's what he's investing in. It's interesting. I mean, I've I've always been kind of weary of the idea of us moving into a kind of Ready Player One esque situation where we have lives online and we live in augmented reality, but. You know, I mean, it seems like maybe we will head in that direction, especially with the introduction of metaverse. Uh, you know, things that we used to view as sci-fi are slowly starting to become real. And it's kind of, you know, in a way, I'm kind of happy that it's not just Mark Zuckerberg who's kind of heading in that direction and that maybe Elon will also head in that di- direction because it's it's important, I think, that not one person has that much control. Yeah, And, you know, it, actually, when you look at it in this way, okay, so... Before you had Rupert Murdoch, who pretty much solely controlled the media. Now you've got Jeff Bezos owning Washington Post. You've got Elon Musk owning Twitter. You've got Mark Zuckerberg with Facebook and Instagram. It's it's kind of breaking up. I don't want to say it's breaking up the monopoly, but it kind of is breaking up the monopoly. Mm. Whereas before you only had print and most of the major newspapers were, you know, eventually were owned by Rupert Murdoch or the, most of the TV channels, especially in the UK that we were watching were owned by Rupert Murdoch, major ones at least. Now you've got a bit more of a fragmented media scene, especially with somebody like Elon buying Twitter as well. It just fragments, you know, who controls the media even further, which I, might actually be a good thing, to be honest, man. Mm-hmm. No, I feel, I feel that. All right, here's here's maybe one of our last questions. Where does this leave leave Jeff Jeffrey Bezos, Jeffy boy? You know, our boy from day one. Mm. Like it seems like he's you know in this race of of power, whatever you want to call it. it. Seems like he's starting to fall behind, and maybe he's given up, and he just wants to live the rest of his life in peace on in Benidorm or whatever. <laughs> nice well, actually, I mean, there's a whole episode to be done about some of Jeff Bezos's plans but basically that he and uh, some other rich billionaires uh, are putting together this biotech company i guess is it bio i'm not sure if it's biotech or not but basically they're trying to find a cure for death <laughs> and they've uh, given insane amounts of money to nobel laureates to basically come and work on anti-aging and you know anti-death i guess um technologies out i'd like to mm. do a bit more research on what the company actually is and such but it seems like Jeff Bezos has hit a whole new dimension of thinking where he's like, I'm going to defeat death. Because, right, um, right. you know, when you have that much money, you want to be around to enjoy it, right? Uh, and he's got so much money, it will take him probably a thousand years to finish it all. So it makes sense that he wants to live longer. But yeah, I mean, like, like you said, I feel like he's falling behind a little bit in terms of like, we haven't really heard any big news with regards to what Jeff is doing next. I mean, mostly we've just heard about his divorce. But I do think that maybe, yeah, maybe it's just a case of he's diverting his attention to different things. But he still is very much a, a heavy hitter in the game. I mean, he still is really up there. So we can't discount him. But it's just we haven't really heard any blockbuster news about him recently. The death thing is very interesting because he is getting on now. And I guess it's on his mind. But, you know, this isn't, he's not the first person to think that. Of course. I mean, yeah. since, since the age of man, we've always tried to defeat death. Yeah. Men yeah. have... Yeah. poured all their riches and you know kings you know i think there's a specific chinese emperor that was you know he was obsessed with it as well and he poured literally all of his riches into it of course he was never going to figure it out because they were feeding him mercury and they thought mercury was the secret to a long-lasting life but you know why, why do we think we're so different okay yeah we're ahead of them but they were ahead of cavemen you know i think this is a a question or or like a a point that you need to all human beings need to come to terms with that we're just all gonna die and it's okay so if you listen jeff 
Jeffrey, listening to me, yeah? Sit down. It's all right. Go donate yeah. that money, yeah? <laughs> Just relax. I beg you. Yeah, yeah, let father time come for you, brother. It is what it is. Come to us all. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, and I think... Um, I don't know. I feel like this ended up being a very pro Elon Musk uh, episode. I, I just want to clarify. I'm not pro Elon Musk in any way, but I just don't want to get caught up in the hysteria that I'm seeing online of people like, oh, I'm deleting Twitter. I'm, you know, this is the end of democracy and all of this. At the end of the day, Twitter is a business and he's a businessman that just bought another business. That's just the way you got to look at it. Yeah. So I'm, I, like I said, I'm not pro Elon. Usually I'm very anti Elon, but I just in this, in this case, I just, I'm very indifferent to it, to be entirely honest with you. I don't know how you feel, Steve. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think that's the right way to do- to be. I mean, it's very interesting, but I mean, I have no like feelings towards it. I'm not, I'm not sad. I'm not happy. I'm not angry. Um, it's just interesting, and we'll see how that plays out. Maybe in the future, I'll be sad. Um, <laughs> yeah, it'll be interesting to come back to this topic in like a year once we know what's actually happening with, you know, or, or like what moves are made by Elon Musk in the next year regards to twitter will he will he do a you know an instagram and facebook sort of situation where he'll go on to try and buy other apps because you know obviously facebook brought whatsapp and instagram so you know will he try to do something like that as well will he try to buy up other apps will he try to buy tiktok for example it will be interesting to see what he does but until we know i'm not one to get caught up in mass hysteria so i think everyone should just relax for a bit let's see what he does might be for the better it might be for the worse but Let's just give it a year and we'll revisit this topic, I think. All right. Last question before we wrap up. Mm-hmm. Who's the better looking one? Jeff Bezos well, or Elon Musk? Bro, I'm going to be so honest with you. They're just so weird looking, all of them. I don't know if it's like after a certain point when they start to get old and they can't accept it, they get work done or something. I'm not sure, but they just, they look weird. They're weird looking people. I think Bezos, man. Bezos looks so wham. I don't know if you've seen him on that boat party after he got divorced. Bro, he's not nay. He's not nay at all. That, that he's is, on steroids. <laughs> he's on the maddest steroids. Uh, like, it's incredible. He's juiced to the gills. So, um, yeah, I mean, he, he's a weird looking fella he is, I'll tell you. But um, All right, let me give you one more. One last question before we leave. Okay. Another absurd one. Yeah. If there was a war of Jeff mm. Bezos versus Elon Musk, and they could pour all their resources and all countries let them go at it, who do you think would win? Oh, that's an interesting question. I feel like I feel like Jeff probably has more heavy hitters um, in terms of like you know the 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 dark world. Do you know what I mean? The world that we don't see. But ultimately, I think Elon made his money not in fintech, but in uh, straight up like creating machinery that could be used by the military, etc. So I think maybe Elon's wealth comes from a place that would make him better posed to win in an all-out war, as you say. I mean, when you say war, I mean, you're literally talking about actual war, right? Or are you talking yeah, about yeah, just actual, business actual war? war? No, actual war, yeah. I think Elon might have that one. I'm not going to lie to you. All right, on a fist fight, fist fight. On a fist fight thing, I mean, obviously, <laughs> Jeff is, that roid rage will come through and I think he'll, he'll probably batter him. But, um, it's long. Yeah, it's, it's very long. It's very long. If, if Jeff Bezos has one of those uh, testosterone, uh, you know, testosterone fits, then it's, it's game over, I'm afraid. But, uh, Bro, yeah, if, this think, Don, uh, if this Don mm, headbutts you, it's over, man. It's that over. fucking cranium of his, yeah. <laughs> Get you down, bro. 100%. Yeah. All right, nice episode, nice episode. So I guess on, the, on that note, you know, the, very, the most important part, we left it last and you've got your answers. So thank you for listening and uh, we'll catch you next time. Uh, Steve, why didn't you say who said having fun and being serious can't go hand in hand? That was bloody brilliant.